Alexa, what should we cover on the show this week? I wasn't able to understand the question I heard. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wow. This is a big reveal. We we did not plan this. I know sometimes the show sounds very well put together, but I, I can assure you it's not. So you, so you purchased an Amazon Echo. I did, and I think uh, that... Um... I'm not sure how well she came through, but I think uh, our podcasting jobs are safe uh, from the robots for another year. Hmm. Let me, let me try something else. Alexa, order a six-pack of Kindle Fires and send them to Steve Ballmer's house. Oh, she ignored me. Boo. It's kind of a weird noise it makes when you say her name. Or at least it, it, it's coming through oddly through the microphone. It's it's a very low tone and it's off by default, but I do like having an audible um, kind of uh, I'm not note. Quite sure how to help you. <laughs> oh hush! You're not sure to help how to help with most things, as we'll cover. Okay, she she's on mute. So, oh wow, lots of lots of questions. That's why um, I said this is going to be a long show. Yeah. So so you've been talking about this for a long time. This is mystery so- topic. Oh, okay. Yeah, you've been you've been teasing that for a while. Um, but my first question is how did how did you get it? I mean, aren't these things normally sold out for weeks at a time? They are. Um, so I ordered from So I just I'm I'm still uh, I still use Frugal, which uh, uh, I'm sorry, what what did what did you call me? Frugal? You're an old well, school I, internet what user. What is this? Um, you know how there's Google Shopping or like their little search engine for products? Um, hmm. Just go to google.com slash shopping. Google.com slash shopping. Okay. So that's like kind of just, you know, you type in, um... So so some of the uh, spring and summer essentials I I have here are bomber jackets, MVMT watches, boho dresses, ripped jeans, Celine sunglasses, and ankle boots. Yeah, I think the, the, the first and third rows speak to more of my demographic uh top tech products and gifts for gadget lovers yes okay um so anyway no uh you remember when they um you were online and doing stuff with this but when they first started uh google shopping it used to be called frugal f-r-o-o-g-l-e and if you type that in that domain still resolves properly but it just goes to google shopping that sounds vaguely familiar but that was back when google um they were less corporate like they had more they let their products have more personality it's pre pre alphabet man well just no like uh, google's very um like on brand and on message from now on which which is kind of good like i mean all the google apps look and act the same way and youtube is becoming assimilated and that kind of stuff but they're much more uh strict and they're not they're, they're never gonna have anything called frugal anymore well when you're a multi-billion dollar public company you tend to have to be that way yeah, that's no fun though. <laughs> so anyway, so so yeah, yeah so I use uh, Google Shopping Express, and then uh, there's a website called uh, ABT Electronics that apparently is good. Uh, doesn't charge tax in the state of California, um, and they had them in stock, and it got here in three days. Hold on, so you you bought an Amazon Echo not from Amazon? So Amazon actually offers them in a number of stores. They sell them in uh, Sears, Home Depot, and a few other places. And my local Home Depot did not have it, so Home, I decided- Home Depot. Like the the Home Depot, yeah. Home Depot actually is. Um, they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Like they ha- they're big on the smart home stuff. Yeah, no, I know that. I, I've seen 
like nest, nest and thermostat. Hue. Yeah, yeah. That's, that kind of stuff makes sense to me. But uh, Echo seems to. I think it be fits strong. right in. Okay. Because Echo does smart home control stuff, kind of. We'll, yeah, we'll we should, get come, there. should come back to we'll that. We'll get there. Uh, and also, excuse my uh, nasally sound this week. Yeah, no, you're you're very ill. Thank you for um, being a trooper and and agreeing to to still do the show. Of course, the listeners really do appreciate it, especially because we've been sort of on this biweekly schedule, which I mean, the listeners have been been very upset about. I think we're getting a lot of uh, a lot of feedback on that. We'll fix it. Yeah, a lot of two star reviews on on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Although I think it's it's been offset some by people's love of the new cover art. <laughs> all right anyway sorry what were you saying i don't know have, have we have we actually started the show alexa have we started the show hmm. i can't find the answer to the question i heard yeah um so oh yeah you were asking about the home or uh, you think the home depot shouldn't or uh it's odd that they would carry the echo i guess well i guess i, I don't know if it's odd i just i wouldn't have independently guessed that that's something that they would have but I guess now knowing that they carry it, it's not terribly surprising. Yeah, I don't think it really impacts them much because, um, oh, well, damn. All right, well, that, there goes that. But for a long time, uh, Best Buy did not carry it, which I think for obvious reasons, even though they carry Kindles and the Fire TV and the Fire TV stick. But I just searched on BestBuy.com and like as of two days ago, um, they carry it. What, what's, what's the obvious reason they wouldn't carry it? Just Amazon being a competitor? Because you can do voice ordering from Amazon with the Echo, so why would you sell a device that basically obviates your store? <laughs> okay, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, okay, so so tell me, so now 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 that we know how you got one, so tell me about what you've been using it for. Um, I think I've tried to use it for everything, and in certain things, it's very very good at, and uh, most things, it's not very good at. Okay. Oh, so sorry. Um, it's it's good at. Um, I mean, just as a device, uh, the microphones are fantastic. It catches your voice from across the room, and it it it's the like speech processing is is generally pretty accurate. Um, it works fine as a Bluetooth speaker. It does a decent rudimentary job at smart home control, like controlling uh, the Philips Hue lights that we have in the, the in the in the apartment. It's decent sometimes at playing music, and uh, it's great at setting timers. To kind of, I, I decided on a grade for it. I would say it's a solid uh, C minus device, and that's after having it for uh, about a week and a half. Like the hardware is pretty decent, except for the fact that it doesn't sound very good um, as a Bluetooth speaker. Like it, it's it's fine, but it's not great. Uh, but it, and certain parts of the software are really good and well thought out, but most of it is very beta slash not very good at this point. So you haven't really been using it for like any sort of music streaming or I try. Hmm. So here's the thing. So it, it, um, it defaults almost everything to Amazon prime music. It has, uh, snap-ins, uh, like natively for, uh, Spotify, Pandora, tune in radio and something else but the problem i'm finding with it is that most things like that that are not native amazon services or aren't like super basic things like to-do lists and uh, timers have to be phrased 
in an insanely strict way. Like if you want to play something, you have to say, Alexa, play song name by artist from Spotify. And if it doesn't catch all of it, it just says, I'm not sure what you meant there. Same thing for Pandora stations. Like I have to be pretty specific about it. Otherwise it thinks I want prime music or it just doesn't do it. Yeah, I mean, that that's such a big issue with Siri, too, uh, where it's definitely taken a step in the right direction of being able just to do natural language input. But just like you described, if it misses even just a single word in a you know longer command, everything tends to break down. And that just all, all it takes, I think, is for you to have that experience like a couple of times and you, you really do sort of just start losing faith in devices a little bit of a strong way to put it. But you, you know what I mean? Well, I, I would say that's partially true because if you're doing something that's natively built into the device, it's pretty good at that regardless of how you say it. I think what this illustrates is uh, the reason why Apple has not allowed third-party apps to take part in Siri which is it, it, because it struggles in the uh, accessing third-party services because it doesn't always know when that's what you want. Like if you just say, uh, I don't know, like, like play Taylor Swift or something, it knows like Siri has only the uh, either your Apple Music subscription or your own library to search from. And I think when you have third-party stuff, that's when it gets um, more complicated and trickier. So, But for what's built in, it's actually pretty decent at doing what you want regardless of how you say it. Except for uh, smart home automation, that has to be very specific as well. Yeah. So, what, what's your typical command if you want to do something with your Philips Hue lights? So I have it on mute, but you have to say, uh, Alexa, uh, turn the you you either do like turn the bedroom lights on or off, or you say turn the bedroom lights to ninety percent or something like that. You can't just say like uh, turn the bedroom lights on all the way or uh, dim the bedroom lights. It has to be in like a strict percentage format. Otherwise, it just turns them off or on at whatever they were before, which is fine. But it's it's it, and it's reliable. It's just rudimentary support. And have you requested or rather ordered a Domino's pizza yet? Have I not sent you pictures of the pizza that I make and the calzones that I make? That's fair. You are you are a very good cook. I cook seven things super well. Well, that's you know, it's all it's all you need. Okay. And and yeah, and guess what? None of those are pineapple and pepperoni pizza, because that's not a pizza. That that's too bad. That's that's really too bad. Pineapple needs to stay off pizza. Yeah, I, I've always known that Jason Snell has good taste, and nothing's proved that more than uh, his favorite pizza. Hmm. Okay. Um. So yeah, so but so I'll say let me try to think of some positive stuff. Um, even the microphones are are, are very good. Uh, one thing that I really like about it, and and this is kind of the tricky thing because like the the, the Echo is is one seventy nine, and like other Bluetooth speakers that you'd get for your phone from like a name brand would be maybe between one and two hundred dollars. Like the Bose Soundlink Mini that we both like uh, a whole ton, that one's two hundred. Um, if this had good speakers in it it would be like an instant buy for regardless of how well the other stuff worked. And I think that's, that's weird. Like I, I wish it was better at that. Cause then you could be, you could forgive all the other stuff. If you could just say, Hey, this is a Bluetooth speaker that happens to do other cool things. 
Um, but I, one thing I really do like is that you can just tell it to connect and disconnect from your phone by voice um, so that you can kind of have this always on or like always ready to connect Bluetooth speaker in like your kitchen or living room. So that's, I guess, my favorite part of it. Because one of the things I don't like about like the Soundlink Mini is that I have to go walk up to it and uh, power it on and, and make sure it links up. Or if I'm uh, using it and I'm done using it and I'm going to take a phone call, like I don't have to do that thing where you're fighting with the iPhone to try to get it to uh, have the correct output device. So that's one thing I really, really like about it. That is pretty neat. And in the voice commands are just very good. It lets you know like exactly which phone it connected to and, and why and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, thumbs up there. And so how how do you go through setup and hooking in third-party apps? Is there a like an app that you have to go through? Yeah, so I think probably the worst app in, in the uh, iPhone app store is, <laughs> is the Amazon Alexa app. Um, and that is how you do its configuration. The configuration actually isn't too bad. Um, it's just the actual... Um, first, you connect to the uh, ad hoc Wi-Fi network that it creates, and then that is how you tell it your actual Wi-Fi network, and then you just go from there. Um, and then it mostly works. It's automatically paired to your Amazon account if you have the Amazon app installed on the phone, and you go through some basic setup questions, and you can link up uh, Spotify and Pandora and go through a discovery thing for um, any smart home devices that you might have. But um, yeah, the, no, the app is, is is absolutely terrible. Yeah, the the couple of other people I know who have one have said something similar. So, I mean, let me see if I can send you a picture. But like the app, um, constantly it it's, it go it works twenty percent of the time. It will otherwise uh, go through a, a period of time saying uh, you were logged out. Please log back in. It will just have a um, spinning little uh, progress indicator. Or it will say, uh, Alexa is not connected to the internet, uh, try back later. But if you close the app and try again, it'll work just fine. Oh, so it works like a lot of uh, Apple Watch apps. That's a good point. Yeah. So, but, but uh, the app is the worst. At, at, least it's, uh, at least it looks like it's uh, retina optimized. <laughs> is it? Oh, hold on. I mean, look, it looks like it because the, the picture you sent me, the status bar isn't um you know it's it's not fuzzy and large like it is with apps that aren't no it's you are totally right i mean it's that's more it's more than some apps can say uh but most of the other apps actually um what do you call it work yeah the tivo app which is really what i'm thinking of when i say that but the tivo app's great other than the fact that um it doesn't have a record button and you have to instead go to get this show which frustrates me to no end. But what's very frustrating about it is it is retina optimized for the iPad, but it's not for the iPhone. I, I just, it just don't, I just don't understand. Well, that. no, no, no. It's, it's retina optimized. It's just that it's not um, 4.7 inch screen and above ready. Because the thing with the iPad is that it hasn't changed. Like uh, retina iPads have been around since the iPad 3. I guess, hmm, I don't remember it being... Because it's, it's not like on... it's not like iPad two, it's not like that low res. No, but I but I'm saying with the, the the TiVo app, I don't remember it being optimized like on the iPhone five or five S either. But it definitely is. Okay, like you, I, I know it's it's been a long time, but like non Retina ready apps, they looked really bad. Like remember like three GS apps on an iPhone four, like everything was fuzzy. That's true. It doesn't look like that. Yeah. 
Maybe I should just get an iPhone SE. Perhaps. I, I, I appreciate you trying to, to keep the train out of this, but that, that's okay. The listeners don't mind. I have no idea what you're talking about, sir. Don't slander <laughs> me. Um, let me think. What, what other final thoughts do I have on this? Um, so, yeah, mediocre Bluetooth speaker. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you I mean do do you use it for any of the I know people say that, you know, when they when they wake up they'll say, you know, hey Alexa, tell me the weather or tell me what my calendar looks like today. Stuff I do you ever use it for stuff like that? I honestly don't think you can have it tell you your calendar. I think you can. I don't think so. I've never seen any uh integrations like that. I mean there's there's a there's a calendar icon right on the Amazon Echo homepage here. So I'm I'm assuming that there's some functionality there. There are to-do lists and reminders, but those aren't connected to anything. I've tried to use uh, IFTTT um, or IFT um, to try to push that stuff into OmniFocus, and I've had uh, mixed success. So I think I'm abandoning that. Hmm. Um, What was I saying? Sorry, uh, Dayquil. Um... (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about calendars, we were talking about, and I was asking you about just, you know, do you use this for general oh, yeah, I, Siri-like tasks? Kind of, because the thing is, it isn't very smart. Like, I've, tried, I've asked it, like, three things today, and it, and it didn't know any of them. I, I asked it, does March have 31 days? Because, again, I'm, <laughs> I'm not feeling great, uh, so I can't be bothered to remember that on my own. Um, I asked it, when is the, when is the first regular season uh, Giants game? Didn't know that. Uh, so it, 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 no, it doesn't do a lot of those things very well. Like certain things like uh, measurement conversions or uh, like weather in certain places um, is fine. But uh, that stuff, not so much. I do enjoy the um, the news reading functionality because you can choose which sources. Like I have NPR and Bloomberg as my sources. And you can just say like what's in the news. And it'll just give you kind of like a five to ten minute just rundown of the news that's just compartmentalized from the sources that you want. So I think that's neat. And it's not just a robot reading it. It just plays back whatever you would get, like in the uh, NPR, like morning edition news summary thing. So it's pretty good. So so Siri can do, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this here. When is the Giants first regular? Oh my gosh. This is when you're on the spot, man. When is the first Giants regular season game? Searching the web for see that's not true that's not true i mean at least it tried i guess but that's that's not true yeah i do appreciate that she refers to it as the bay bridge series see but that's the that's the part where i don't like that that it gets kind of it's not cutesy but it tries to add more context than it needs to when it ultimately doesn't answer the right question right like it, it feels like it could it could have that you know snarkiness if it wanted to if it was getting the answer correct but it's got to get the answer right first. One thing I will give uh, Amazon Echo credit for is that when it does, like if I'm doing like the smart home stuff or I'm setting a timer or the things that I know I can reliably um, ask it to do, it's not chatty like Siri is. It just says, okay, hmm. which I really, really like. Like when I, when I tell it to turn off the lights, it, it does it almost instantaneously and just says, okay. So it when it works and it's gotten to the point where certain task, uh, tasks I, I trusted perfectly, um, it's one of those devices that has a level of reliability and speed that Siri and Google Now and all that kind of stuff uh, can't touch. 
So that's why I think this is a really interesting thing going forward. Like right now, it's it's still pretty meh. Um, I mean, it'll still probably have a place here just for the timers and the smart home stuff. Um, and as just being kind of a, a living room speaker, whereas the, the Bose stays in the bedroom. But um, yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, that's kind of the future of it because it is just so much faster and it's uh, able to be always on. Yeah, I, hmm. I, I've been tempted by one of these for a long time, but it just, I don't know, in a lot of ways, it just feels like it's not quite there yet. Oh, it most definitely isn't, but Siri isn't there yet. And most things in life aren't there yet. <laughs> well, that's that's fair. Yeah. Sorry, was that too dark for you? Uh, no, no, that, that's, that's, that's fine. That's not, not as dark <laughs> as some of the other places we've gone on this show. Uh, and then the last thing I was going to say about it is, um, the, like, I'm not super concerned about it, but the whole, um, Amazon privacy, uh, opaqueness thing still kind of is, is weird. Um, I know people have done like network analyses and things to try to see when it's transporting stuff, but, um, I do like having fun with it and I'll put it on mute so that, uh, Amazon really thinks it's not listening. And then I'll, I'll start talking about, uh, how I'm considering canceling my Amazon prime subscription just to see if that does anything all right anything anything else no i think it's mainly it okay c minus okay well you're you're a harsh critic no i think i'm pretty easy with this stuff because i'm i have a much higher tolerance of of, um first generation and also set up woes and things Hmm. but who knows it'll get it'll i'm sure it'll get better it does reliably play my young people music station is that what it's called that's that's my uh today's hits pandora that's what i call it i appreciate that yeah all right well so um do you want to get through go through the apple event stuff uh let's let's do it okay so i I guess one of the benefits of not doing a show last week is we've had that extra week to to digest what we saw in the event which i think is actually beneficial Mm mm-hmm so, I guess going through the events, I guess at, at, before going through what was actually there, I guess some of the, the highlights were, it, it went largely as expected. Again, no major product reveal or product feature that we really didn't already know about, which has kind of become the norm with these events. Um, new iPhone, new iPad, <clears throat> excuse me, new iPad, Apple Watch accessories, um iOS 9.3 kind of again ex- exactly what we expected. Uh but before they got into the actual product announcements, they uh briefly touched on the FBI stuff, although <laughs> now uh, a week and a half later that's kind of not relevant anymore, which I th- think we'll probably get to at some point. Mm-hmm. Um then they spent some time not doing a retail update or a, a general business update like they've been known to do, but instead they talked first about their environmental efforts, and then they talked about a health kit. Um, Don't forget Liam. And well, yeah, and Liam's tied in with the environmental stuff. Um, and you know the environmental stuff was fine. They, they basically talked about how much of Apple is now running on renewable energy. And they highlighted a couple of different office locations where they're uh, kind of making that happen in unique ways. But as some have pointed out, 
the, the problem with that whole segment is what wasn't included is their supply chain. And you know, I, I get what they're trying to do in terms of the messaging. And I, and I do think in a lot of ways what they're doing is commendable, but that does seem like an awful big asterisk next to the statistics they were putting out. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What are, what are you going to do? Because you can't, like, it's difficult for them to hold themselves to a certain standard and that nobody else in the world would. Like, they can try to be responsible for their own inputs and that kind of stuff, but I don't know. No, no, Nobody else in the world would, would do that, so I, I don't know. Yeah, one, well, and I guess the other thing that, I, and this was Gruber, I believe, who pointed this out, which is just the way that they framed the whole part of the pre- this part of the presentation was a little odd in the sense that they they weren't making it sound like apple itself was you know meaningfully moving the needle on the environment and improving the environment but instead it would have been a lot more genuine to frame it in a way that was saying you know hey we're setting an example that we hope many other companies follow like that's not really how they framed it which would have come across as a lot more real, as you would say. They also talk down to people with five-year-old computers. Uh, well, so. oh, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but anyway, I, I just this whole that whole part of the presentation, while parts of it I think were nice to see and interesting, I, in general, I, I don't know. They fell a little flat for me. I won't ever come. Like I don't think you can. I think it's difficult to complain about any company trying to be in more environment environmentally responsible. I think with Apple, it's always going to be um, overstated a little bit or trying to, to be made sound more profound than it might be. But I, I don't think that one can complain too much about them trying to uh, reduce technology waste or uh, be less reliant on grid energy that comes from less desirable sources i agree i guess i just would have wished that they were a little bit more transparent with the numbers they were putting out and i just wish that they were um maybe framing it in a bit more of a genuine way yeah but anyway what are you gonna do yeah but the the part of the presentation that was neat in this section was uh liam so this is a robot that they've built which disassembles iPhones and does so in a way that takes apart the individual components so that they can be sorted for, um, you know, it, so that they go to the correct kind of recycling chain. And I don't know, it was a pretty pretty darn neat video. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was one of the coolest parts of the presentation. I did too. And I mean, because ultimately all the... The assembly of of things is probably going to end up going to being completely um, robotic space. So it's it makes sense that at the end of um, the useful life of a consumer electronic device, that it it kind of gets disassembled that way. So I mean, it's pretty neat. Yeah, well, that's that's what I was going to transition into. Is a lot of people have pointed out that you know maybe this is a sign that if Apple can build a robot like this, they can build a robot to essentially do the opposite. Of what Liam does, which is you know starting to put iPhones together, building up instead of tearing down. That's right. That's what you're all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next part of the presentation with HealthKit, um, 
you know, I thought a lot of what they highlighted with their efforts with research kit over the last year were really interesting. Um, and I actually do feel like this was a part of the presentation that came across as, as, as genuine, like the, the critiques that I just discussed with the environmental section didn't feel that same way about this part of the presentation. This really did feel, I just keep using that word genuine because it just, it really did. And I, I don't know, there's, there's not a lot to, there's really not a lot to criticize here. Well, sure. Because I think it's kind of like one of those, um, I forget what Google's um, like kind of nonprofit arm or like altruistic one uh, thing is, but like there's like it's just something that there is a very little self interest with, and it's just um, something that is supposed to be uh, just a, a net positive on society, and that they can more effectively utilize something that people carry with them all all the time for something else, and then that's great. I think it's kind of like one of those uh, no fault things, right? And I mean. Both Research Kit and Health Kit presumably have to have a lot of development. I mean, these are apps that are managing incredibly sensitive data and which need to be reliable. So these aren't, you know, these aren't platforms that you just kind of slap together overnight. And you have to imagine that people aren't going out specifically to buy the iPhone for something like health kit or research kit. I'm I'm sure some do, but that that's not going to be a number that it pushes a, you know, material amount of iPhones to to Apple. So yeah, it, it is a I don't see how you can see it as anything other than commendable. Yep. Um and so then we transition into the actual product part of, of the announcement. And I think they they started with Apple Watch, right? With the new bands. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was. I think it went Apple Watch, iPhone, and then iPad. Mm-hmm. So the Apple Watch, just as expected, uh, new new bands. Um, like what what we didn't know going into the event was the price drop. So now the the sport model, which previously started at three forty nine for the thirty eight millimeter model, now is two ninety nine. Then I believe that the forty two millimeter model now also has dropped down fifty to start at three forty nine, which is you know neat. Um, it ma- makes a lot of sense. I mean, the, the this the watch was announced uh, eighteen months ago now, so you have to assume between then and now they've found ways to manufacture it more efficiently. the The bands, I don't know, did any of the bands really stand out to you? People have been saying that the the nylon bands look a lot nicer in person than they do through photos and video, but I don't know, none, none of them really excited me oh i'm a, I'm a fan of the sport band and uh i thought some of the new colors were cool uh we'll cover that in a, in a little bit but um yeah the nylon bands i don't think um do anything for me yeah the only one that looked somewhat interesting is the black milanese loop i, th- I thought that that looked pretty sharp but i already have a, a metal band that i'm pretty happy with so mm-hmm. yeah moving on moving on <laughs> yeah i guess the, the last Go ahead. I would say that the last point with the watch stuff is I do think it's smart the way that Apple's positioning this, where they introduce a piece of hardware and then the way that they keep that hardware feeling a bit fresher than it otherwise would is by these um, seasonal band releases. Um, and I know, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I think we, if you go back and listen to some of our shows leading up to the Apple Watch and shortly after the Apple Watch announcement, 
I don't think either of us was super excited about the fashion focus that Apple seemed to have on the watch and sort of all the attention that was spent on the bands. I actually, I actually was, right? I mean, well, at least, at least I wasn't, I, I thought that you largely agreed, but maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but I know for sure that I was disappointed initially that that's where they seem to be spending a lot of their energy. And I actually really do. I get it now. Like I, I only have two bands and I don't, I don't really see myself going out and getting many more than that. If, if any more than that, but even the two bands that I have, I enjoy switching back and forth between them, and I, I totally do see how you know people could get really into different colors and, and different styles and and really enjoy that. Like I think I think it's I think it's really smart. So I mean I think I've, I've I don't remember, but I've I think I've been pretty positive on like the fashion aspect of it. I think I've always been very much uh, down on the whole. Um the edition existing and apparently apple is too because they've uh i'm not sure if i put the link in the slack but uh they've almost banished every um mention of the edition on the website except like at the bottom um of the buy page um but i think the bands have always been kind of important and i i I agree and disagree in the sense that that keeps it fresh i mean i'm glad that other that they keep introducing more but i think that it doesn't excuse like two things like the hardware is still very 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 slow and i think that becomes even more and more apparent even though we have native apps now it's 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 just a dog slow if you use it for anything that wasn't really intended for and even the things it was intended for like siri just are are too slow to be usable um but the, the bands because like with the phone it doesn't really matter that it only comes in like uh two or three colors because you have the option of putting a case on it, and that's not an option for for a wearable within reason. I mean, uh, there are some cases for the for the Apple Watch, but why would you? But uh, what like cases are how most people are able to express differentiation or kind of their personality on the device, and that's not something you can do with a watch. So I think the wide assortment of bands is important, and that's one reason why like I was kind of excited about it because if everybody had like let's say it only came in silver and black. And every single person who had an Apple Watch, it, like that was the only possible combo for it. Whereas now there are thousands or millions, like there's a whole bunch of combinations that you can have so that it is kind of uniquely yours. So I, I think that is really important. And I like how they keep refreshing it. Yeah, I, I, I do too. Even if the bands they've been coming out with don't really speak to me, I, I think they do speak to a lot of people. I, I am bummed that... I know they have to for like stock keeping reasons, but that uh, certain nice colors go out of production. Like right now, when you go into the store, like it, there's just like the spring line and then like just white and black. So there are certain ones that are always there, but many of the other colors are gone in favor. Like, so I think they only keep like it's, uh, in stores, probably like five, but online, maybe there's like eight different colors uh, that you're able to have in the sport band. So it's kind of like a, a you get them now or forever hold your peace type thing. Well, I think from a sales perspective, that's also probably smart. Yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah, that, that was the Apple Watch section. Uh, no, no surprises, which is the theme of theme of the event. Um, so ne- next was the iPhone SE. Basically an iPhone 6S, but in an iPhone 5S's body. Um. I, like I, I, are you excited by this at all? I mean, I, th- I think we've already discussed that neither of us really has an interest in going back to to a four inch phone. So, 
I'm excited about it. Not not personally for me, just because even though I do like the smaller size, it's it, there's not a chance that it's going to get updated with kind of the latest specs. So whatever comes out this fall will, um, I would have to update to that. So there's no point in uh, considering it. Um, but I do think it's it's exciting for like many reasons. Like when I was watching the the introduction, I was literally shocked that it comes in at three ninety nine, because if you think. Um, Generally, when they do kind of the keep the the two year old model around, and then that is the free on contract or and slash cheapest phone, um, that always had eight gigabytes of storage space, was uh, terribly slow on the most current operating system, and retailed for four hundred fifty dollars and uh, eight gigs of space. So three ninety nine for sixteen gigs and six month old hardware for most of it. I think is absolutely insane, and it is uh, very notable. Yeah, I I agree with that. The price was the part that was most surprising and most interesting, but I, I think what you just described hits the nail on the head for people like us who really do want to be on the latest rev of the iPhone. Where what's the what's the point of going back to a four inch phone that while it is at the top of the line today, it's only going to be there until September, and then it's easy to see that this device, you know, won't get updated for, you know, maybe at least twenty four months, maybe maybe not ever. Um, but I mean, I don't know what's the expression like if this is a weather balloon, like a trial balloon. Um, like if this happens to sell extremely well. And there is proven demand. Like I know they say they sold um, what was it, like twenty five or thirty million um, four inch phones in like twenty fifteen or something, and that and that shows that there is some demand for it. Like let's say this ends up being really popular, that might um, suggest to them that perhaps iPhone seven s because I, I think it's probably too uh, too late for it to be incorporated in the iPhone seven line, uh, but the seven s like the uh, the prime time high end phone also comes in four inches if it ends up being extremely popular. I I think the numbers would have to be beyond their wildest expectations for that to happen. The way the way that I think it'll go is if it's a success, a strong success, then they're going to they'll continue to update this every other year. I don't think every other year. It, even if I'm not right or or if that doesn't happen, I think if it has decent success it gets updated as a minor update every year to 18 months. I think it's going to maybe always be six months behind if it has any level of success. Mm. Because again, like you have to think of, this will be good for people who want their first smartphone in the US and developed nations and that kind of stuff. Or like maybe they need like a cheap replacement phone and they don't want to go the used route. But also it's going to be something where Apple is trying to compete with people who want maybe the brand name or or an Apple phone, but in markets that is flooded with just uh, dirt cheap Android phones. Um, so in India and China and in certain other places, I think having a good uh, current spec phone at a decent price point that isn't a three-year-old handset is, is very appealing. And for Apple's continued growth um, outside of the US in the markets where they do have room to grow, that's going to be extremely important. Right. But yeah, I think that's um, I think that's pretty much it. You want to jump on the iPad? Yeah. So this is the 
9.7 inch iPad Pro rolls rolls right off the tongue, like many new Apple product names. By and large, mostly the same as the 12 inch iPad Pro, with a I guess a couple of notable differences. One being a better camera, and along with that, the camera bump, which has been famous now on the iPhone 6 and 6s. Uh, True Tone Display, which is a, a display that essentially adapts to the the a light of the room that you're in or the environment that you're in to try to make the screen look more natural, almost like like a piece of paper would with the way that it reflects light. Um, but but other than that, really, basically just a, a smaller version of the iPad Pro that we got near the end of last year, mm-hmm. and. So the the two things that I that I wanted to kind of go into further with it, um, one which was the way that it was presented, because um, we we knew coming into this event that maybe the most interesting thing was going to be how Apple framed these devices, like how they explained why they existed, because really there weren't going to be a lot of new features to talk about, because it's really stuff that we've mostly seen before, just in different screen sizes, and so. You know what? What Apple did was they they took the iPad Pro and they said, you know, this is a replacement for your Windows PC. If you if you got an if you have an older Windows PC, this is what you should consider replacing it with. Um, and I, they they you know uh, Gruber and Jason Snell uh, discussed this on the most recent episode of the talk show, and I'd highly recommend anyone listening to this to listen to that. It was a really good episode. Um, and they, they they took Schiller to task a bit, and I think rightly so, with the way that he kind of, you know, basically mocked people who had older than five-year-old PCs. And as Gruber and Jason pointed out, I mean, there's a lot of economic reasons why people hold on to PCs for that long. And I, I think it came across as really snood, and I think it kind of epitomized a lot of what people dislike with Apple. Yeah, I mean a little bit. I, I think it was it was a misstatement and it was kind of kind of lame. I don't I don't know. I'm I'm kind of over it. I mean, yeah, there's plenty of other things, especially this year, to get more worked up about. But because, I mean if you take it at the spe- like at the spirit of the comment, I think that that just what they're trying to suggest, which was phrased poorly, is just that uh for people who have maybe held off thinking there's nothing new in computers and they've been clinging to uh something running Windows Vista or Windows seven that there's something that's sort of in the same ballpark of a mid-range PC that is is more flexible and simplistic and has these <clears throat> other um, other appealing properties. So, I mean, I, I think I understand the, the spirit of of what was trying to be said, but it was it was phrased poorly. But I, I don't think uh, I think the much more interesting part is the actual product itself. Yeah, I I agree. And so, segueing into that, the the other part that I wanted to go into was. And again, using the this most recent episode of the, of the talk show as kind of the vehicle for this, Jason made a I thought a really good point where he said, you know, if you were someone wh- where money was no object and you just you wanted to walk into an Apple store and you wanted to tell that sell someone, give me your absolute best iPad with with all the features. You, that that doesn't exist because things like the True Tone display and the better camera only exist on the iPad Pro with the smaller screen. 
And it, it ties back into what we talked about on the last episode, which is I think it's just such a bizarre concept to tie features to screen size. Like it, it doesn't make any sense to me that if you want the better camera, you have to have a smaller screen size. Or if you want the true tone display, you have to go with the the smaller screen size. Or conversely, if you want USB three transfer speeds, you have to go with the bigger screen size. It just it just really doesn't make sense and I don't see who it serves to tie these features to screen size. Like to me, both iPad Pro should basically have the exact same feature set within technical reason. And then you can then make your decision. Like the the decision for the screen size should be solely about the screen size and not about anything else. I totally get that, but I think that's being unfair. The the reason it probably doesn't have USB 3 is probably due to space constraints or some type of chipset issue or, or something like that. I don't think... I really don't think anybody inside Apple thinks like, oh, this is how we're going to get them to to step up to the to the 13 inch monstrosity. Is we're going to we're going to withhold USB three from them. One, I don't think most people care, and I, I the and the people who do care probably are going to get the big ass iPad. I I think it's it's a technical limitation more than anything else. So I, I think that's why that is. It's a product that came like when did the Pro come out? Like October or August? When did it come out last year? October. Or actually, well, it was announced during the September event, and I think it actually came out maybe like early November. Okay. So, so it's, it's, it's five months old. I mean, things change. Uh, the, the true tone screen is, is based off uh, partially. It has sensors in it, but there's also like it's based off that BS night, night shift feature sort of because it's changing the color temperature, and we'll, we'll talk about that later. But I mean, I... I I don't think any of it's intentional. I think all the stuff will be synced up later. But I mean, I think it's probably that Apple kind of got down to the point where they're thinking, are we doing, uh, like the Pro just came out, are we doing an iPad Air 3 or are we doing a Pro and how are we going to kind of figure this out? So I don't, I, I, I just don't think there's any, the, the feature differences and the slight product confusion, I think that's going to get ironed out in half a generation. So I, I just, I, I don't think it's it's that big of a deal. I guess, yeah, if this is a temporary difference between the two models, then fine. But I I, I do think that if they just sort of have different feature sets just to have different, different feature sets on the two screen sizes, that's just that's that's a mistake, I think. I, I don't think it is. And I think it's almost entirely related to, to product timing and also to uh, space limitations in terms of chipsets. Well, but I mean, so why would the 9.7 inch iPad Pro have a better camera than the the 12 inch? Because I think I, I think they would never really suggest anybody would take pictures with something that weighs one and a half pounds and is 13 inches wide. Or like I, I think. Th- as much as I, I dislike tablet camera ing, I, I really think if there's any device that that probably won't be done with, it's a 13 inch tablet. Tablet cameraing, I, I like I like that. Oh, what else would you call it? <laughs> Jumbo photography. Yes. Um. So I mean, I think it's it's mostly that, and and uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's it. I mean. I don't, yeah, I don't think these are big big deals. 
it'll it'll get figured out and again like i think this is part of a, a greater transition like apple needs to like i think they're in a transitional stage and and they need to figure out kind of what's going on with the ipad line like it still makes no sense that there's the ipad mini 2 and the ipad mini 4 and the ipad uh, air 2 and then you have these weird pro lines i think it's um i think there's a lot of competing theories on what's going to happen to try to simplify and and uh, adjust how the product line works um and i think that's going to come to uh, be, it's going to be clearer in the next couple of years. But I think uh, they're trying to figure it out. They're still trying to figure out a way to make the iPad a, uh, a viable either third device or um, a, uh, a first device replacement for certain types of people. Yeah, I, the, the whole concept of it as a PC replacement, I, 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 I get it. Let's but... talk about your grandma. I, yeah, and I, I, I agreed. She, I think she is a a good use case for that. I think it, it's she is someone who that works for. But don't you think there's a decent number of people like her? I yeah, I I do, and that, that's that's fair. But I I don't know how big of an audience that is. I think it's decently big, or I think at least it's uh, big enough to the point where. Maybe somebody keeps around their sad, old, decrepit, six-year-old uh, computing <laughs> device, in, in Phil Schiller's words. Yeah, right. Um, and 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 gets a shiny new iPad to do all their their video chatting and and their Facebooking and their Snapchatting and their um, Tumbling, um, with with the kids. And and they keep the PC around for any any for doing taxes or or what, whatever um, stuff that the iPad is no longer a. Um, it just isn't well suited for because those people aren't the one. They're not like me, who, like an idiot, is trying to use Excel on a tablet and wants to throw it out the window. Using Excel on a touchscreen is one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life. So I I'm, wait. That's overstating it. I'm sorry, but it's it's so incredibly frustrating, and it's like those things when people are like, oh, um, Office is on it now and all these things. And I know Microsoft's putting a ton of effort into it, but Excel is is so not suited for a touchscreen. Anyway, but my my original point is is just that there's a I, like I do think the narrative they're trying to spin for a lot of people is that it is a decent PC replacement. I think that's just definitely not us. And of course, when Apple does kind of their salesmanshipness, um, that they, they they will try they will overstate it. One well, and the the thing I'll say too about like it with my with my grandma and her iPad, like that that wasn't a PC replacement for her. Like she had she had never owned a, a computer prior to that. So I think that's a little different like the, where i have a harder time what i have a harder time seeing is someone who's familiar with computers and has used a traditional desktop or laptop for a long time making the decision to switch to an ipad so can you think of a lot of people who maybe have a pc or, or even an old mac and use it for basically the exact same things your grandma uses it for i yeah, I guess I, I like like the span of of tasks which it's tackling is the same thing. Like even though she didn't have a, a computer before, she's probably maybe doing um, she's doing email. She's maybe doing some instant messaging and Facebooking. Maybe doing a little music. Maybe some ebooks and some web browsing. And that's what maybe what probably forty um, percent of most computers outside of business are used for. <sighs> yeah, it's it, it's just a thing that I have a hard time. I guess putting myself in someone else's shoes because like like you said it's it would, would never work for us because well here's <clears throat> sorry 
Um, <laughs> you're going to be okay? I'm fine. Um, no, this goes back to, to like my complaint, or like I think I've talked about this a couple times on the show, like where uh, for young people, it, it, it boggles my mind that many young people, like their phone is their primary computing device and they don't have personal computers. They maybe use their work computer for a lot of stuff. Like that's one thing that I will never, ever understand. So I think that's kind of like this for you. Yeah, like that's that's fair. Making making a lot of really good points this week. You or me? Uh, no, no, or you. Both. No, you. No, not me. Thanks. It's it's yeah. The Dayquil does it. Yeah, maybe you should just maybe you should just stay on that Dayquil. Maybe oh maybe that's uh, I would... there, there can't be any there can't be any bad long term effects from Dayquil right? It, it destroys your stomach lining. Um, yeah, because it, isn't it just a bunch of Tylenol mixed with like cough syrup? I think I think so. Yeah, it, long term. Long-term use of, of medication like that without, without the advice of a doctor. Not, not a good idea. Yeah. Um, okay. So we, uh, yeah, we, wait, have we, do we even start talking about the iPad really? I think we only talked about the presentation of the iPad. So no, I mean, it, we, we, I, I, <coughs> geez, you're, it's, it's contagious. Goodness. It doesn't go over the internet like that. How dare you? I uh, know. I mean, we talked about the, the main features, true tone display, a better camera. Yeah. I mean, Apple Pencil support. Okay, so let's let's discuss this a little bit more. So basically, what it what it comes with or how it breaks down is it comes instead of sixteen, sixty four, and one twenty eight like the old iPad Air did. Um, it comes in thirty two, one twenty eight, and two hundred fifty six gigabyte capacities. Um, I uh, I don't know this. Do you? Is the thirty two gigabyte? Um, do they withhold cellular for the one twenty eight and two fifty six only, or is it available as an option on thirty two? It's available as an option on thirty two. Okay, for the for the usual one thirty. Yes. Okay, so I mean, so that's that's unique. The iPad Air two got a one hundred dollar price drop. So basically, there's a two hundred dollar um, price difference for the Pro uh, quote unquote features and the um, going from sixteen to thirty two. So I think the price point is pretty friendly, and I think um, as somebody who has kind of been uh, jumping back on board the iPad ba- iPad bandwagon, um, I still very very much like my ipad r2 so for 400 dollars, i think that's an insane deal so i i think the pricing is pretty smart i do like that 16 gigs is, is off uh, off the um, kind of off the table so there's no bad choice in the pro line but no i think this makes sense yeah i know i've I've been as discussed on the show thinking about maybe going back to a full-size ipad and that, the price drop in the air too I, I don't think i would do it but it's temp- tempting no, it well if if you switched, you'd have to go pro. Yeah, I know. I I do I do so I, I give them credit for not starting at sixteen gigabytes, but I do find the jump from thirty two to one twenty eight kind of infuriating. Why? Because thirty two is not enough, and one twenty eight is too much. Like sixty four. There's no such thing as too much. <laughs> uh, like sixty four is the sweet spot for the iPad. I kind of agree. I'm bumping up against the 64 on mine, but um, like, what? What? So, do you think they should offer a 128 as an option? Uh, you mean a 64? No. Should 128 still be an option on the iPad Pro? Yeah, but I just, I just wish they would offer 60. Okay, so, so it should come at 32, 64, 128, and 256. Like you're complicating the product line. Like because the thing is, like, it, I, I, uh, I'm sure there, there were a lot of internal, like, just we can't do 32. It's gonna, it's gonna hurt the margins. We, we got to keep it 16. I think 32 is probably like a, a, a blessing, or like it, it that 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 even made it that place. 
Um, so I think, I think the, the 128 being the next step up and there being a $150 jump, like I think that was the compromise. Yeah, but that's the, I mean, that's the problem is I wish you could just spend, you know, $100 more and, and get $64. But why? But, 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 then, but then the pricing thing doesn't, it doesn't make sense because then it, 32 to 64, so an extra um, 32 gigs of memory costs uh, $100, but then going from 64 to 128 costs 50 so then 64 gigs costs $50? Like like that's the tricky part. Like I don't I don't care for it either. But it's it's just meh. Um, and then yeah, the True Tones. Uh, so actually, can I talk about my Apple Store visit real quick, please? So they they don't have the uh, the iPad ten inch thing there. But um, I did try the the smart keyboard. Have you well have you used the smart keyboard and the pencil yet? Um, I've I've used the the pencil, uh, really briefly in an Apple Store and. No, I don't. I don't think I've tried the smart keyboard. So yeah, I mean the the smart keyboard. It's it's weird. And, and respected uh, friend of the show, Jason Snell, had he had um, in the past made um, a comparison between the the smart keyboard and the the MacBook One keyboard. And I don't think that's terribly accurate. The smart keyboard is is uh, miles ahead of the MacBook One keyboard, but it's still way worse than the um the logitech uh type plus cover that i have for my ipad air 2 which is is about the same level of thickness um, but has actual moving keys and uh chiefly that its biggest uh, benefit is it has that shortcut row at the top where you can increase and decrease the volume skip tracks go to the home button open up spotlight and that kind of stuff so i mean i think it's neat um but it 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 doesn't seem like it, it would make sense for most people or me I mean, and the pencil is is really cool, uh, but I think it it came back to me within about like five minutes that it, uh, while it's probably something I would like if you got the pro, it seems like something you'd have to have and get. But like the allure of handwritten notes and all that kind of stuff, like it would it would fall apart so quickly, and it's just not worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Like you, you've talked about this, right? Like, have you ever? Like you went off your like for a couple of weeks, you were trying to do a no laptop doing handwritten stuff. Did that has that gone by the wayside? Or are you still trying to do that? I keep going back and forth, which is terrible for cataloging. But so what? What is the so? If you're going back and forth, that means there's some positive uh, component of it. What, what is that for you? I I don't know. It, it really <laughs> is the I don't know. It, it's it's really it's really the retention piece, I guess. Like I really do find that writing something by hand. I, I'm taking it in in a more detailed way than if I'm just typing. Hmm. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I don't know, because I, I think I get the same level of retention for me by typing as well. But I think the difference or what, what maybe works for me is that I don't type exactly what people say. I type it in my own words, which makes it stick. Sure. So... But um, yeah, the, the pencil seems really cool. Like it is the the best uh, touchscreen stylus I've ever used. I mean, I've tried a whole bunch of them because I I I, I did for well, like with my iPad three, I latched on to the mythical dream of like, oh, this will be digital paper and it'll be cool. And and I tried like a bunch of the um, tried the Evernote stylus and the Adonit ones. Um, they're never very good, but this one is very nice. But it just made sense that, like, just n- no, it is so much easier either to voice dictate, to type on a real keyboard, or even just type on the glass because it's just my my handwriting is fine, but it's it's just not it doesn't make sense. Right. If I was an artist or talented in any way, um, it would make sense, but it it just doesn't. Uh, yeah, and I I like I do like the idea of 
you know, an, an iPad with an Apple Pencil at work for note taking. Like, I, I do think that that could be that, that. I think that could work for me. But man, I mean, six hundred bucks plus another hundred dollars for the pencil. It's that's that's a that's a big investment. But it's not six hundred because you got to go for the one twenty eight, and then you have to get embedded cellular, and then you have to get the pencil, and you're over a thousand. Yeah, the one twenty eight thing I buy, but the um the cellular thing, you're crazy. The 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 hotspot working. Uh... I, I think it's up to like 60% of the time now, but that's still, no. Yeah. Can't do it. I just carry an Android phone as a dedicated hotspot, and that's just easier. So I think that the last part of the event, which will transition us out of the event, is iOS 9.3, which they talked a little bit about during the event and then said, hey, it's it's out today. So we've we've had you know, a week and a half with, with 9.3 now. Um, and the, the headlining feature has been Night Shift, which... It's, I guess, sort of like a an app that had been available. Um, Flux was that what it was called? Uh, yeah, F dot L U X. Yeah, and essentially, the 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 theory is that um, in the evening you want to try to expose yourself to less blue light um, because for some people that can make it more difficult for them to sleep, and mm. so night night shift basically. Um, gives your iphone sort of an orangish hue um and, and you and you can manually turn it on it's it's got its own icon in the uh, uh control center now um, you can also schedule it for specific times or you can have it turn off and on um at sunset and then sunrise and it'll use your location to determine that so i guess so when i had been hearing about this feature during the early betas i guess i I made two false assumptions one is that it would be a gradual effect meaning that as it got later in the evening or as it got darker it would sort of gradually change the display and then two i thought that the 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 effect would be much more subtle Um, and and neither of those things is true it it's it's kind of a binary thing it's either on or off and it anyway continue um well is, is that is that not true no it, it's well, like I've, I've turned the feature off because I, I hate it and it's terrible but no there is a setting if you go to settings and then um display you can uh, adjust how dramatic the effect is well but you can yeah you can do that manually but i'm what no, i'm no, saying you can do it permanently no i i understand but what i'm saying is that the device isn't dynamically slowly increasing the impact of it as the evening goes on no no right okay um and so yeah so like you said you can adjust the the um impact of it and i i found the the default setting to just be awful and but by turning it down some so by making it less orange i i thought then the the effect was a little bit more manageable uh, but just like you, uh, a couple of days ago, I just turned it off. I just thought it—it it, it just looks terrible. Um, and I—I I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm—I'm I'm used to it, or or, or what. But I—I um, I don't find myself bothered by looking at it. like I—I I don't, I don't. If I look at a screen before I go to bed, I don't find myself being kept up by that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I'm sure most of the, like the science or whatever behind it—it's it, complete nonsense. But like, I, I think it's mainly just that. Everybody's like just spending their lives staring at illuminated screens, and then that's not how most people lived, like up like any time before thirty years ago. 
Like that's probably more of the issue than anything like that. Um, and just, I mean, particularly like, so I turned it off very quickly. Even I, I tried scaling it back, but it just made no sense. Cause, um, I think we've talked about this multiple times, but like, but I'm super picky about color temperature and that kind of stuff. And as kind of like a throwback thing, I just sent you a picture, um, back in my old, like uh, PC user days. Um, I used to have, uh, an HP, uh, iPack 4135. That was a, a windows mobile device. Nice. It ran pocket PC, uh, 2003. Um, and it had this horrible yellow screen issue, uh, the, and that's the one on the right. Uh, and, and that's exactly what Night Shift looks like. And I don't know who, I, I don't see who would be pleased by this. Like, like unless you're somebody who like goes like into the homeopathic aisle at Whole Foods, like what, what are you, what, what, what is to, to be gained from this other than just making all the colors on your phone horribly inaccurate? And what what also bothers me is that it has um, it has like top billing in the um, what's it called control center now. Yeah, it, it really bothers me that there's a dedicated icon always for that. So if you're someone who doesn't use the feature like us, that that icon is still there. Mm-hmm. That's that's annoying. Yeah. So yeah, that that kills me. Um, and and I'm. It's not on, like, I'm sure it's it's off by default, right? It's like, do not disturb. It's another thing you have to opt into, right? Yeah, so it's, so that, that's what's interesting is that by default, it's off. And it's not ever scheduled to turn on. Good. I, I, don't, know how, I don't know how much that speaks to Apple's confidence in it. Yeah. Because they are pretty big about kind of having you have to opt out instead of opt in for some new features. But this is not one of them. Um. So the, the 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 positive thing with iOS 9.3 is I mentioned this on the last episode that I've I've had this issue where uh, kind of two different issues and I I don't know if they're related or not but one being I'd have these blank app icons in my settings screen and in the notification area um, and then two I was having a, a problem where apps would as they were being updated the, the update would just hang and just never complete without me having to restart my iPhone. So when I installed iOS 9.3, um, oh, I should I should preface this by saying so that I had four blank app icons yeah, on my iPhone in the settings did you, screen. Did you ever take a screenshot of this? No, I didn't. I, sh- I should have. Okay. But it was, you know what I'm talking about. It's like the, the, white, fr- the white icon uh, square with kind of the just lines and, and circles through it, kind of like almost like a wire framing. Kind of. I'm only aware of the one where it's the, like the app update, like the hourglass is at like 95% and it just stays gray. No, so it's not that. It, it's where if you go into the setting screen or into notifications and they, you have your list of apps, these will be at the top and they'll basically just be like null values with like a blank icon. So I had four of those. And when I installed iOS 9.3, my phone installed the software, then rebooted. And sure enough, I had four applications on my uh, home screen that I had previously deleted that, that were not there prior to uh, installing iOS 9.3. And then I deleted those. And then when going back into the settings screen, I no longer have those blank app icons. So that's exactly what it was. Is it was apps that I had deleted or the update had gone awry or something and I had, de- you know, in air quotes, deleted them, but there were some remnants left on them on the phone, and somehow 9.3 cleaned that up. Um, and in the week and a half since updating, I haven't had a single app 
uh, update fail or hang. I haven't either, and I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. You spoke too soon. Knock, knocking on wood. Um, <laughs> what's most Ikea stuff made out of? What's probably on the inside of that? Uh, plyboard? Yeah, it's not particle board. It's a bit Part- particle board. Maybe that's it. Is it? No, because particle board's the, like, that's what, uh, that's what um, lack is made out of. <laughs> right. I really appreciate that you memorize Ikea furniture names. It's a diplomatic gesture. The only one I really remember is Jockmuck. <laughs> because Jockmuck is the best. Yeah, it really is. Oh, Jockmuck and, and, and the uh, everlasting or, or the perennial Malm. Oh, yeah. My Malm bed set's nice. Still have that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Malm doesn't refuse us to die. Yeah, I've gotten, um, I've gotten uh, f- over five years of use out of, out of the Malm set, and then I've gotten uh, over four years of uh, use out of the Jockmuck table. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of my uh, Expedit um, bookcases. Uh, although I can never remember what the hell my desk is called, but I, I'm very very pleased with my desk. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm glad I'm glad it's fixed. And yeah, I haven't had the the same issue yet. And then that was super annoying because um, there was always that like weird like for me like I I I didn't have the same issue as you, but I always had um, stalled or hung app updates, and I would just never know if I was going to lose data because that happened. Right. And that's that's what always killed me. And re- restarting your phone is such a hassle. Well, luckily, you can still get the uh, please enter your password instead of touch ID, regardless of whether you update your phone or not. Yeah, that that we won't, we won't even get because because there's no there's no recourse there. So, just, so so that's been happening to you, right? It happens on my iPad like three times a week, and things like back then that like, but I'm back on the iPad bandwagon. So I was like, oh, it's because I haven't used it in 48 hours. But no, now it's just because like, oh, you charge it overnight. So remember, I told you it was happening to me, and you said like, you're like, oh, that sounds really disconcerting, and it and it is. But it, but it's even Darth commented that this this was a uh, problem that they see. So I guess it is a widespread thing. But he's he's his hopes are back with uh, printer fixes because Carly <laughs> has a, a new pack, right? But but it, it, yeah, it, since installing nine point three, that that problem has happened on both my phone and my iPad. So, fantastic. well, that was happening fantastic. to me even on nine point two. But that was for the same thing, and I was hoping that nine point three would fix it. But no, gotcha. Um, rounding out the Apple stuff, I had a couple of stray notes here. Um, because I because I did go to the store. Um, or have you tried any um, uh, knockoff uh, sport bands? I know you've gotten some third-party uh, watch bands, but none of them, I don't think they've been sport, have they? I, I only have one third-party um, band, and it's the metal one that I have. Gotcha. Because the the like their spring colors are actually very nice. Like I, I don't know if you go to the Apple Watch uh, site, but it, it um, the, the, like the canary yellow one, I have no idea how that would look on a space black steel one, but I think it looks very, very nice. Well, so I have a question for you. So on Apple's storeless website, how the hell do I get to watch bands? You just have to click buy and then go. Like the whole, I, I, I strongly dislike this whole, the website so to I store click, thing. Click buy. And, and then, then mix it up. Oh, yeah. No, that, that makes sense. And also that's the page where you don't see addition at all. And I love it. Yeah. Oh, so, or sorry, you do underneath the bands, but it's like you'd scroll way down there. Holy, holy shit! How many sport band colors are there? One. That's two, what I was saying. Three. Like, there's only like six in store, but there's there's a whole uh, there's like there's like fifteen. There's a whole lot. No, there's way more than that. There's one, two, three, twenty. Four, 
It's like 29 different colors. If no, I'm there's counting not. this right. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 25. Damn. Jeez. So product red is the best. That's my, my, that's my daily wear, and I, and I really enjoy it. Shocking that you don't have the orange. So here's the thing. Like, uh, so next to product red is, is orange. It's the wrong shade. It's yeah, too red. It's not, it's not giant's orange. It's not. And then the, they released a new orange-ish color, but it's too light. So the, the top row fourth one, that's the one I kind of wanted to see in person. It's, it's, um, it's not like pinkish coral, like the one that it originally launched with, but it's still not the right shade. Is this a different green than they originally had, or is this the same? Top row or bottom row? A bottom row. I think it's the exact same. Okay. Well, they have, they have two different greens. Yeah. Because they, they did their whole kind of like muted color series where that's uh i kind of also want the the navy blue one it seems very plain but i kind of want it but again at 50 bucks a pop i, do, I can't do it with these hmm. but um canary yellow the, uh, the third option i have no idea how that would look on uh, space black steel but i i, I like it yeah they, they, man if these were if these were if these were 30 bucks i would own i would own like 10 of these right but 50 like w- when you get like to check out it's 55 dollars with tax like that's a lot for what is just pure plastic <laughs> like pure rubber I think fluorolastomer i think you're thinking yeah the fluorolastomer but just no i i will also say with a sport band i do not like the what they call the pin and tuck closure i i don't mind it i think it's it's really finicky to to put on I, I don't know. I've got it down. I, I, I never, like on the small size, the third, uh, third dot and I'm good. Um, but yeah, like the sport band is a surprisingly, um, uh, sticky. Like, I, I can't think of the word, but I'll just say sticky, but like, it's, it's like the, the, the most functional one just because like, while I would like to have a fancier one most time, like I, I'm I, I don't plan my day well enough where I can factor in whether or not I'm going to the gym, and I can figure that almost any other band would be a, just a huge pain to wear at the gym. So that's why, unfortunately, unless I'm, I, I just I don't have any other ones. Yeah, but I think I might have to go for the yellow. I don't know. I'm a little little skeptical with the the space black, but yeah. What's the what's the deal with? What's the black the the black split with with steel? What is that? Hmm. The which one? Like, there's two of them that are split colors. Yeah, I, I couldn't figure that out either. But they just look like all black anyway. Yeah. Um. All right, and then the final things. So uh, Apple TV. Uh, I I think I asked you this earlier, but what is the difference between the menu button and the one that looks like a picture of a screen? Switch, switching gears entirely, I was, I was playing around with the new generation Apple TV. So the, the, the button with the screen will always take you back to the home screen, whereas the menu button will either bring up a menu or it'll go kind of back one level in the app that you're currently in. So for Apple, who seems like always to put like a premium on buttons, it, like most people are used to the fact that you just hold down menu for like a second and a half and that takes you back to the home screen. Why on earth? Yeah, for... it, it, it's it's an incredibly poorly designed remote for a lot of reasons. Um, although that bring you bringing up Apple TV does remind me that so there was an, also an Apple TV update which which came out same day. This as, whole thing's planned. Yeah, 
it's a, again, it's like we planned this thing. Um, so I've had an issue, a really annoying issue with my Apple TV ever since I've gotten it, where it has a feature where you can program the remote to control the volume of either your TV or your receiver, if you, if you use a receiver. And for whatever reason, it, mine's never worked. I've tried, gone through the setup process a million times and just, just will, will not, will not work. It'll, the setup process works. Like it'll recognize the remote, like the, and the code for the receiver or the signal for the receiver. But then when it goes to, when I, when I go to actually use it for to control the volume, it just doesn't work. And after installing this latest update, it does, which is pretty, pretty great. Very, very convenient. So how did it remember? Like, so it had your model in there. It just never worked. I guess. Like, how does it, how did it fix itself? I don't, I have have no idea. Hmm. I didn't even have to go through so that you can either, um, just set it up to control your TV or receiver and it'll just kind of try to automatically detect. I don't, I don't know how it does that. I don't know if it's communicating over HDMI somehow. Um, or you can do a custom setup where you you know hold down the volume buttons from your existing remote and then it it picks that up and then you know kind of mimics that but much like the setup for universal remotes um and I didn't even have to go through that custom setup which I had been trying to do before now I just clicked on the receiver option and it just automatically detected it so I have no idea how it worked but I'm not going to complain Yep, just problems fixing themselves. It's the future. Yeah, it just works. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last, uh, last quick thing related to Apple before we move on to the other eight topics we have. Um, iPod Touch. It had the camera bump first. Is that is that right? The camera protrudes from that one. Hmm. And also, uh, I would really like a red iPhone Seven. Yeah, that'd be nice. Like they had to get rid of this rose gold business and and bring on some colors that that people would like. All right. So what do you have? I, I've, I've been. I'm, I'm sure you got to talk about Oculus or, or some of your um, your passion topics. Well, the the last Apple thing I guess I had was closing the book on the whole. Well, temporarily closing the book on the whole Apple FBI thing. Mm-hmm. So since we've last spoken, um, so it, it was supposed to be the day after the Apple event. There was going to be another hearing, um, but. Shortly after the Apple event, I think within hours of the event, the FBI filed a motion to delay the hearing because some third party had um, approached them saying that they had a way to unlock the phone. So they had submitted a request to delay the hearing so that they could try to validate whether this third party solution was going to work. And then just, what, two days ago, um, the FBI announced that this third party solution worked and that they were dropping the their request to have Apple um, unlock this phone, at least in the San Bernardino case. So I, I, on one hand, it's it's an interesting twist to the story, but on the other hand, it seems like it's just sort of kicking the can down the road a little bit on the kind of core issues at hand. Yep. Because you know this is going to come up again. So, I mean, this this was an iPhone 5C um, some people have speculated that whatever third party came up to them, the method they they would likely use probably would be, um, or would probably not work on a device with the secure enclave. As I guess what the, I guess what they do, or what the speculation's been that this third party had a way to basically copy 
the phone and then try to you go through password combinations but like on the on the copy of the phone so that way when they reach the 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 10 try limit they could go back you know they could basically revert back to the original and then make another copy and i guess like the secure secure enclave actually has a counter where somehow it would know that you were doing that i this is getting way beyond my technical expertise but Anyway, this is all all a way of saying that this issue is probably going to come up again when when a a newer model iPhone is what's what's involved. So, I mean, Apple has uh, expressed kind of their their intent that they um, they feel it's their duty to protect, like however honest or completely transparent this actually is. I mean, who who knows? But uh, that they are committed to protecting the privacy and, and making of uh, their customers and. Uh, creating products that are um, as secure as they can possibly make them. Um, I mean, again, that just challenges them to keep trying to do everything they possibly can to make sure the encryption is uh, on by default and um, that has like hardware pairings and that kind of stuff that can make it uh, far more difficult for this to happen in the future. And when it becomes uh, to the point where it is relatively impossible, you're right, this is going to come right back up and we'll see where it goes but yeah it's 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 annoying and and weird that just the the government's just kind of like ha huh, just can yep <sighs> all right non apple stuff what do we got um but do 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 you want me to keep going or do you do you've got some stuff no you go for it i need to sneeze off mic <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so we are now um in a post VR world, uh, for for the first time doing this show, uh, the the Oculus Rift started shipping to, I guess it was primarily just to um, Kickstarter backers uh, on Monday, and then now over the next few weeks they'll start sent shipping out to to people like myself who were not a Kickstarter backer but who just went through the pre order process back in January. Um, and all the reviews came out on Monday. Uh, many out, many media outlets had had the device for about a week uh, prior to Monday, so everybody kind of had some impressions ready to go, or even full reviews ready to go. And in general, very very positive. It sounds like the technology works really well. the The headset is uh, well made. Um, the software seems to work. Uh, performance on individual games, I guess, has been a little hit or miss, but for the most part, um, pretty solid first gen hardware. Um, the 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 main knock against it, which you could see coming from a mile away, and which is a totally valid point, uh, is it, it's just too too damn expensive. I mean, it, it, when you factor in the type of PC that that you need to have. Um, and I and I can personally attest to that as someone who is currently in the process of buying components for a VR ready PC. Uh, and then in the last couple of days, I have purchased the motherboard, uh, processor, and RAM. And I've I've kind of intentionally left the uh, GPU for last, considering that's by far and away the the most expensive piece. Yeah, I I don't want to um uh, uh what do you call it? Uh, not rain on your parade, but I I don't want to be a downer. But 
like I've already said, the, like this, this doesn't appeal to me and that's okay. But I, I do think that this, I don't think VR will, I, I don't think it's going to go mainstream probably ever, but for gaming, at least I don't think it'll become a big thing until there's something like the, um, what's PlayStation's, uh, the name of their thing. Is it just PSVR or something? The PlayStation VR, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that has a much... Even though, like, Oculus is probably going to be the pioneer or whatever here, and they might get most the most of the credit, I, I think actual success or semi-widespread, uh, like, rollout of this will be when it's connected to something that has consistent performance like a game console. So I, I think if this if this goes anywhere, it's going to be because either Oculus starts working with the Xbox One or um, that the uh, PlayStation VR gets um, gets some traction. Because, like, in this um, form, there's no non-gaming applications of Oculus right now, right? Hmm. No, not, not, not really at launch. So then I'm just not sure where it's, it's, it's going to go. Just because I, I, yeah, it's too expensive. There's too many caveats to it and it's it's I, I don't think it's really it's cool that certain people get to to be like super early adopters but uh, yeah I, I i just don't see it well so the way that i'm i'm spinning the cost as a positive which i kind of i kind of te- <laughs> i tease to you before the show is i'm i'm offsetting the the cost of, of building this new pc by selling a bunch of stuff that's uh, we won't talk about it but going back to uh our, the question we had we or to what we were talking about earlier that that's not uh found money <laughs> no no but by no means is it but well it sounds like you're off you're not offsetting any cost because you could you have the option of selling stuff and not buying <laughs> correct yes you're, you're you're very correct okay uh but but i am using this as an opportunity to uh well probably going to sell my my xbox my hmm. wii u um, I have both the uh, 3DS and the PlayStation Vita. Sell both of those. Um, so, and then I'm also I'll also go back and um, sell um, my um, the old computer parts. I, I'll, some of them, I'll, you know, some some components I'll get more than others. But um, when all is said and done, I'll, I think I'll actually be you know I'll be in a relatively a relatively decent spot financially. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean as long as you're acknowledging to yourself that you are spending like whatever like a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars on, on this it, so it's actually so it, it's not so that the computer itself if i go with um the a higher end graphics card the the 980 ti i could do you could go a step or two lower than that, but I, I think. Well, but isn't that the whole point of this? Yeah, I think I'll go all in on that. So the computer's actually, in air quotes, only uh, going to be about eight hundred or so. So eight, eight plus six is what? <laughs> oh, you're talking about with the cost of the Oculus. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. And the and you know the the, the only reason it's coming in at about eight fifty or so for the PC components is because I'm keeping my ssd my case and my power supply so those those things would otherwise you know add to the cost okay this does not sound like you 
Well, so I've mentioned this. You're, you're using some squirrely math here. <laughs> I'm using some Tesla math. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, what, what, what government subsidies and credits are you going to get for this? And how many? How many? How how much is your billable time? Of what you're not going to spend playing with your DS? Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I mean, so I so I have two really good friends who um, are are also doing this. One one bought an Oculus, the other bought um, a Vive. And are they cross? Like, can you multiplay with them? Uh, well, it's kind of we'll wait and see. We don't know yet. Um, but so we're all three building computers. We we've been buying exactly the same components as we've been going along. Um, and the lady friend has also expressed interest in in helping build the PC when it comes to that. So I think it'll be it'll be a fun weekend activity coming up. Probably not this weekend, but the following weekend uh, with with or with our friends and and her. We'll we'll kind of put this together. That's cool. She can she can diagnose why it's not uh, why it's not booting. Because when you when you're out of practice for a couple of years, you always plug something into the wrong world. No, so you can't joke about that because when I when I put <laughs> when I put this so I. I've built, I don't know how many desktops. I, I've, I've put together maybe four or five desktops in my life. And I, previous to this most recent build, had had perfect luck where posted the first time, was able to uh, install Windows right off the bat. Absolutely no issues. Had really, really good luck. But with this most recent build, uh, computers wouldn't post. Would, would not get to a post screen at all, no matter what I did. And it, it turned out that my motherboard was bad. Um, <laughs> and I never had that happen before, but it, it happens a lot with this stuff. Um, so, so yeah, I can't, can't joke about that. <laughs> I, don't mean, I don't mean to joke. It's just that whenever I was always, uh, whenever I, I built computers, there was always one something... Either one like what what are the, like jumper pins like there's there's oh, always yeah. like yeah, yeah. weird little things where something is in the right order and then I'm just spending like I'm like oh I did some record time and then I'm spending two hours wondering like, what is in the wrong place I mean, and, so, there'll there'll be some advantage with this build where I'm keeping like the power supply in the case so some of the some of the cabling there I'll ha- already have a reference point to um, but but you know you're you're totally right it's. <laughs> That putting the turning on that power button for the first time is always a. Nerd. You hear the fan spin up and you hear nothing else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's tough now though because you know you used to be able to kind of hear your, like your hard drive, but now with like an SSD, you don't you don't really even get that feedback anymore. And I, I've been out of the PC loop for quite a while, but I, I don't. I've never actually uh, constructed a PC that uh, I, I don't like. What's the deal with EFI versus like traditional BIOS? Does that change anything? Like is it is there isn't there like like everything moved to EFI instead of like kind of remember like the the thing before that comes up before Windows yeah yeah has that changed at all um I mean like uh, BIOS has become a lot easier to to manage like through like that's what EFI is right I guess I I don't I don't really know to be honest okay I'm I'm finding through this PC building process just how much I've forgotten about a lot of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> go 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 talk to to phil about all those sad pc owners <laughs> right um but boy i mean pc hardware it, it's man it come down a lot in price i will say that i think it was wasn't it always cheap no i mean uh, yeah well cheaper than like going out and and you know, maybe buying a, a pre-packaged pc but um but no i mean like a, a top of the line intel processor 
you easily you know five six hundred bucks and the processor that i got for this build was uh, a little over 200 and it's like one of the, the high-end skylake you know latest gen intel processors and same with the motherboard i, I got a motherboard that's got the intel z uh what is it 170 chipset <laughs> Uh, just making up uh, making up stuff no i think i think that's right we've, we've lost the entire <laughs> we gotta move off this because um, i don't know what you're talking about and nobody else yeah. does either but a uh, hundred bucks for for this motherboard highly rated you know um, is, is new to, to wrap this up is new egg still the place to go it is yeah okay yeah is yeah. it still one day inside california or whatever like the golden era was it, yeah no it, it's exactly that so i i like i said i bought the motherboard um yesterday and you know it, it gave the conservative delivery estimate which it always used to do where it's like oh it'll be here sometime between like next wednesday and next friday and because i'm not building it until like the weekend after next i was like yeah no that, that's fine and i just i just checked the uh shipping information this evening and it'll be here tomorrow <laughs> so the good old days yep Although, well, although I should actually, I should say it, it, it might, it might be here tomorrow because it's, uh, <laughs> on track, it's being shipped by on track. Yes. All right. Uh, do we have a special sound, uh, or something we can do to, to call the listeners back for whoever completely checked out from that? No, I think, I think, I think people tune in for this stuff. Okay. Uh, what else is there? I mean, we got, we got like two weeks. Uh, I, I think, I think those are my, those are my big topics. So we covered all the Apple stuff. Um, one one thing I am interested in is uh, so so baseball starts up again very very soon. Yes, is our our first uh, game going to be the the fourth or the fifth? I believe the Giants the play on the fourth, fourth. with the yeah. Brewers, right? Yeah. Okay. So baseball is back almost. Mm. Well, the the the, the Bay Bridge series or whatever series told <laughs> it's, you it's um, tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, that, that's exciting. Um, there's still no uh, easy way to stream it, even though there were um, those lawsuits and, and a whole bunch of other stuff in, in some uh, progress that uh, some of the regional carriers and stuff like the Midwest um, got a whole bunch of things where you can either log in with your cable subscription or you can do like a single single team bundle. But apparently that doesn't apply to the Giants and Comcast still hasn't figured out how to make it work. So um, it's another year with the TiVo. Uh, trying to uh, jankily uh, stream in market games. Very disappointed. It reminds me. I wonder when the update for the Bolt to do out of home streaming is going to come. <laughs> yeah, not sure with TiVo ever. Yeah. Oh, but the, the whole point of this was um, apparently uh, Major League Baseball uh, has a has a deal with Apple to have like uh, iPads in all the dugouts, kind of along the lines of kind of an NFL Microsoft Surface deal. Yeah, I, I, I did. I actually, I, I did see that. Um, I don't really know. Has there have there been details about like what exactly the iPads can be used for? I don't know. But apparently, it's going to have like a, probably like the Surface where most stuff is is disabled. But it's just um, it's going to be like uh, in depth statistics and stuff, and and just uh, stuff that allows them to manage. Um, yeah, just manage things. So I mean, it it, it looks neat. I'm, I'm sure it'll be. Uh, if, if there has to be some weird product promotion tie-in, if if Apple has to be involved with something, I think it's cool that it's baseball. Oh, they're gonna be the twelve-inch iPad Pros. Boo earns. Mm. All right. Um, yeah, that's a bummer. 
every every couple of weeks i always go back to the i forgot who was the one who um whichever dude on the sidelines uh was looking at the ipad uh, or sorry the uh the microsoft surface of like him missing a catch and then like when somebody was like wide open and then just throwing it on the ground now oh, aaron aaron Rodgers. yeah it's so good because he, he he seems to be a uh, strong gentleman and he just throws it with just like a single flick of the wrist and probably just destroyed it good times yep well that's what i had Oh and well, and another. I will give you another quick uh, gimme topic. What's what's the deal with the the PlayStation four and a half or whatever? Oh yeah, I guess we haven't talked since then. So we we had discussed on the show about Microsoft uh, kind of hinting that they might be looking at upgrading the uh, Xbox One's hardware either through a hardware revision or some type of module. Mo- you know, modular box that you'd be able to swap components in and out of, similar to like a, a PC. And then, hot on the heels of that, uh, there was a a story that came out where developers have um, said that Sony's informed them that they are preparing a uh, basically a, a PlayStation 4.5, which will be a, kind of like an upgraded version of the PlayStation 4, which will do things like output 4k um and in general have faster specs across the board um and you know it's it's kind of just leads down this this rabbit hole of basically consoles losing the, the the primary benefit they have which is it's a stable piece of hardware that's the same same for everybody that doesn't change and can be optimized against and in this in this all kind of new future it looks like we're facing with consoles where there can be multiple hardware iterations against a single generation you can run into exactly the same issue that PCs have where like oh you don't you don't have a powerful enough graphics card to run this game or load times are super long because you've got the older version um it's just it's it's a it's a potentially crazy change with the way the console business has historically worked yeah i mean as a as a like a seer like as a what, what do you call it like non-casual gaming kind of like hater this uh, like consoles were kind of the only sensible part of that whole equation even though they all they have those other issues but if you if if that whole if if the kind of the standardization and equal experience thing is broken that just seems like a huge uh like a huge pain in the butt and that doesn't seem worth it because like well like what are the rumored like so it's not like they've actually explicitly said it's going to be graphics performance that's going to be different it'll be uh, no i mean they haven't specifically said what'll change but it'll just be overall better performance so i i would presume new processor new graphics card probably just new new innards across the board and and with both of these boxes now they're both just x86 based so it really would be this is an oversimplification i guess but it really would just be upgrading the hardware but the the core architecture would be the same so the 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 you know the the rumor is not that either of these boxes are are not going to run previous games or that new games which come out for them won't also run on the old hardware but again the issue is are you just going to basically have the same situation that PCs have where 
your you know the, the this new game may or may not run on your box. Yeah, that's a bummer. Uh, yeah, it's it, it, this is it's been such a weird generation because both both boxes, both the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four, they were just so underpowered right from the get go. Like they, it's been the it's been the pattern the last few generations where consoles have come out, new consoles have come out. They've been, you know, a decent, decently ahead of all but the highest end of PC hardware. And then over the course of the generation, PC hardware kind of catches up, eventually surpasses the console. And but then by that point, it's ready. It's it's you know ready for the the next generation of console hardware. But with with these consoles, right out of the gate, even a modest PC would just absolutely blow away what either of these consoles can do. So it's I don't know it's inter- interesting times for uh, the console world. It's the final generation, so they should make a count. <laughs> That's right. Until until VR takes over. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, let's wrap this. This has been the longest show ever. Um, picks of the week. Yeah, so I, I've got a really easy one for me this time around. Um, not not a new app, but an app that I had just started re- recently using more, um, and that's Waze. Um, I have been on two longer road trips the last couple of weekends and, um, uh, recently got a, God, this, this could actually be a pick of the week too. I don't think I ever mentioned on the show. I got a, uh, mount for my car, for my iPhone, which actually attaches to my car's, uh, CD slot. Have you heard of these? Yeah. You told me about it. Okay. Not on the show though. Okay. So. Yeah, I I had never heard of this, and it was it was like fifteen bucks or twenty bucks on Amazon, and my my the CD slot in my car is in a really really great spot for a uh, for a mount like this, and <laughs> it's in a great spot to not do what it's supposed to. Be. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm never going to put a CD in it, and so I um, used it uh, and and you know, put my phone in there for these trips that I had been on. And my my car has navigation, which is which is decent. It's not it's not bad, but um, I wanted to have kind of a second second opinion, basically. And mm-hmm. so I had fired up Waze, and um, on both trips, Waze had a, a different route that it wanted me to use compared to my car navigation based on current driving conditions. And sure enough, uh, it, to the minute, it, it was accurate on, on both trips. And it did did some really interesting detours and some some different 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 routes I never would have thought of. Um, so, you know, I think it saved saved almost an hour on that trip a couple of weeks ago, then saved another half hour or so on this most recent trip. So, um, pretty pretty darn great. Cool. And, and the the social stuff and like the advertising doesn't bother you at all. I mean, you know, it, it's it's tastefully done. Um, and I, I actually, the social stuff I actually like, I think, I mean, that, that is what makes ways ways, but I mean like all the little people driving around, like, cause like, uh, there are all those little icons and you can see the people near you. And also like, just where's the near, like whoever paid them to have like big pop-ups, uh, like markers on the map that yeah, the, 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 the pop-up markers don't bother me. I, th- I think the other little car icons, the, the UI in do, general, do you, have a, do you have a customized one for you? No, I should, I should though. Um, I mean, it, it, the whole UI is not the best, but um, it, it, it doesn't bother me. And it, again, the social aspect I like a lot. And you know, the ads are they are what they are, but 
mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's all a small price to pay with um, you know the, the time saving that it has. Sure. Um. All right. And I have uh, two app recommendations because we we were off last week. Um. Uh, the first one is uh, a game uh, that I'd recommend, and I think you'd probably enjoy too. It's called Lumino City. Have you heard of this? No. Is this for iOS? Uh, it is, and it's also available for Apple TV, as I as I found in the um, the Apple Store. And well, how do you spell it? L U M I N O C I T Y. Oh, and apparently it's available on Steam as well, and it has four and a half stars. Hmm. Lumin- Luminosity Mobile. No, no, L U M I N O space C I T Y. Oh, L L N. Oh, okay. Oh, I see the little. Okay. State of play games. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't know if there's anything that you can see online or whatever, whatever, because I'm not gonna be able to do this game justice. But um, you can probably play the the, the trailer on on silent or something. But it, it's it's this it's kind of like a, a guided like movie slash puzzles slash like it game. It's not hard. It's not something that's uh you're gonna be super stressed or challenged with. Um, have did you ever play Monument Valley? I did. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Not in that it's like an M C Escher like style game, but it's something where it's just a really beautifully designed game that is not insanely difficult, but is very very amusing and fun to play. Um, like I, I've only finished about half of it. Um, but it, it's super fun, and I'm and I'm really enjoying it. I think it's only about like five bucks on the App Store. Yeah, the Universal App, four ninety nine. Does it does does that that means you get it on Apple TV too, right? I believe so. I would. I think it's best played on iPad. Mm-hmm. I would. I would strongly suggest doing it there. Um, but it's super fun. I think you'll find out within the first um ten minutes if you like it or not. I think it's definitely worth uh, the $5 gamble. I think like App Store reviews, it's got like 2,000 five-star reviews. Like it's 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 nearly a perfect game. Yeah, Editor's Choice, 1,928 reviews, five-star average. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, strongly recommend it. I'm, I'm, I am stuck on a level, but I think that's just because I'm incompetent or, or that I'm just not a good gamer. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll get past it. Well, cool. And then a uh, second recommendation is uh, an app called uh, Thunderscapes. Also iOS? D- uh, no, it's Windows Phone only. <laughs> okay. Who's asking uh, silly, silly questions? Um, well, it could be, could be OS, OS 10 or OS X, as, as you insist. I'm not, I don't mean to derail this, but did you see the thing where it might just be lowercase Mac OS, and that's what it's called now? Oh, that would, that would be so infuriating. It's gonna happen, and it's gonna be the worst. Uh, uppercase M, Mac OS. I, I I could I could get behind, but the the all lowercase would be. Well, just like uh, lowercase TV OS. And no, I know. Lowercase Watch I, OS. I know. Well, and both both of those are also infuriating. No. I'm sorry. What what, what, what was <laughs> so, this pick? So it's uh, called. Is it plural or not? Um, it's for iOS, and it's called Thunderscape, or S. Uh, sorry, Thunderspace. And it's a uh, rain sound app. Oh, well, yeah. No, you've got to have a white noise app on your phone. That's key. But this one, it's just so good. So, it, so it's 20 bucks, but... 20 bucks? Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. Thun- Thunder Space 5K. Is, I, I see this as $1.99. 
But once uh, the in-app purchase is twenty bucks. Oh. Hey, hey, hey. No, that's 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 fine. That's fine. I just want to make sure I had the right thing. Dude, spending fourteen hundred dollars on a VR. Setup. No, I'm I'm not complaining about the price. I just legit. I saw one ninety nine. I just want to make sure I had the right thing. All right. Um. So it it's a very very high quality um app that gives it gives you for the two dollars it gives you um two like demonstration uh, rain environments. And there's like uh, 10 other ones that you can unlock with an in-app purchase, uh, which is called, I think, the Rumble Pack. And it's um, it's 20 bucks, and it's it's fantastic. Uh, very well designed, has a great sleep timer, sounds great. Um, now that uh, the rainy season is wrapping up for us, I'm very, very pleased with it, and I, and I really, really like it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all about uh, white noise is great. Big, big fan of that. So yeah, that, those are my picks. And then uh, Better Call Saul recaps are on pause because uh, you've been traveling and uh, haven't had a chance, but it's very good. So yeah, well, I think we you know, we'll, we'll blame it on the the already nearly two hour length of the show. Um, but um, but yeah, no, I'm I am also two episodes behind, unfortunately. And it sounds like I'm I'm missing out on some good stuff. Most definitely. Okay. Yeah, I I'm. Uh, it's bad. I've been falling falling behind on TV lately, but um, we'll try to try to get back in the swing of things here. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm too busy living in my new VR world. Well, no, you can just watch Better Call Saul on the on TiVo's VR uh, app. Oh, there we go. Oh, that's a good idea. If that becomes the future, I don't. I'm I'm check. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I think Netflix and and like Hulu and all those guys have already said they're going to be doing VR. Apps. Well, they're they're already on the Samsung Gear VR, right? And it's it's so ridiculous that that I've used and and that is. No, no, not not good. <laughs> or it's it's just it's not my cup of tea. I'm sure it's somebody's tea, but not mine. <laughs> right. All right. Two hours in. Good good night, sir. Good night.